Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live, commanded to love, commissioned to serve. And if you can't remember all of that, we live, love, and serve. Amen. Amen. If you'll remain standing um, and turn with me to the Gospel of John. Amen. And we're going to start reading uh, the second chapter and the first verse. That is John 2. Um, starting at the first verse. And when you found it, you can say amen. Amen, amen. amen. John 2, starting at verse 1, and it reads, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone jars for the Jewish rites of purification each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water and fill them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. Lord have mercy. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory and his disciples believed him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they remained there a few days. I want to read that again in the Message Bible. And in the Message Bible, it reads, three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, they're just about out of wine. 
Jesus said, is that any of our business, mother, yours or mine? This isn't my time. Don't push me. She went ahead anyway, telling the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Six stoneware water parts were there used by the Jews for ritual washing. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus ordered the servants fill the pots with water and they filled them to the brim. Now fill your pitchers and take them to the host, Jesus said. And they did. When the host tasted the water that had become wine, he called out to the bridegroom, everybody I know begins with their finest wines. And after the guests have had their fill, brings in the cheap stuff. But you've saved the best till now. This act in Cana of Galilee was the first sign Jesus gave, the first glimpse of his glory. And the disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum along with his mother, brothers, and disciples and stayed several days. Let's pray. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Mm. Hallelujah. Ha, God, we give you honor. Hallelujah. You are worthy, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. We give you the highest praise, God. Hallelujah. Despite what may be going on in our lives, we still say hallelujah. We trust you, God. Hallelujah. We believe you, God. Hallelujah. We are here. Seeking your face, your presence, your provision, your power. And we say hallelujah. Even if we don't feel it just yet, God, we say hallelujah. For we know that you are with us. You never leave us. Never forsake us. And so we say hallelujah. God, stand tall in me for this time that your children might hear you more than they see me. And we give you the honor, the glory, and all of the praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We love you. We lift this prayer in your name. We lift this prayer in your power. We lift this prayer in the name of Jesus. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And we say together, amen, amen, amen. While you remain standing, I just want to read a portion of that. Three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Canaan, Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, they're just about out of wine. Jesus said, is that any of your business, mother, yours or mine? This isn't my time. Don't push me. She went ahead anyway, telling the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes I need a little push. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes I need a little push. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you take your seats. 
on this morning. Amen, amen, and amen. Because sometimes we need a little push. Amen. You know, and I know sometimes we're called to to believe in ourselves and encourage ourselves and speak life over ourselves. But sometimes even if we do all of that, we can still find ourselves stuck and unable to move, trying to figure out how we're going to go. What does it look like? When is it time? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And we find ourselves getting caught in just thinking and rethinking and overthinking instead of moving and doing and becoming visionaries and dreamers and doers. Sometimes we all need a little push. Have you ever needed just a push? somebody that just believed in you, somebody that could speak life into you, somebody could just push you even when you didn't feel like you were just ready. If my mom hadn't pushed me, I would have never gone to Spelman College. I'd have stayed home, went, took my little scholarship from A&M University or University of Texas at Austin. But because she pushed me, somebody say she pushed me. I went on to, to Spelman College, the first in my family to graduate from college out of state. If my husband hadn't pushed me, amen, I would not have applied to the PhD program. But because he pushed me, I applied and became the first PhD in my family because somebody put, have you ever been pushed? When you didn't feel like you were ready, somebody just pushed you. When you felt like you needed a little more time, that, that there was something else you needed to do. You needed to take another class. You, you needed to, to study a little bit more. You needed to prepare a little bit more. You needed to, to get your resume ready. You just didn't feel like you were ready and needed a little push. Maybe you felt like I need to save a little more. I need a little bit more money. I need a little more preparation. I'm just not ready. But the reality is, beloved, you are ready. It's our theme for the year. You are ready. You are, you are ready. Uh, you're ready for the highs and the lows. You're ready for the mountains and the valleys. You're ready for the joys and the sorrow. You're ready for the acceptances and the rejections. You're ready for the battles and the breakthroughs. You're ready for the change and the growth. You're ready for people to come and people to go. Beloved, you are ready. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to take another class. You don't need to wait till you have enough or you think you'll have enough because you'll be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And God is calling us to move. God is calling us to go. God is calling us to trust. God is calling us to believe in God and believe in ourselves. Believe in what God has done in and through you. My sister, my brother, you are ready. But even when we're ready, sometimes we need a little push. Uh, and that's what we discover right here in this second chapter of John. It appears that Jesus may have needed a little push. Uh, and I'm so grateful today to be talking about Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. She is mentioned uh, in all four Gospels. And she is the one in this story that gives Jesus a little push. Uh, now, while she's mentioned in all four Gospels, we don't see her in the same light in all four Gospels. Uh, Mark is actually the first Gospel that was written. I know it's not in order in the Bible. Amen. That's okay. And that's okay. Uh, because Mark is the first Gospel that is written. And he doesn't begin his Gospel with a narrative story 
like Matthew and Luke begin their gospels with a narrative story. Uh, he starts just getting right into the heart of the matter that Jesus was called, that he was baptized, that he was tempted, and that he went on and began ministry. Uh, Mark was not concerned who, with who his mother was, wasn't concerned with where he came from, um, was only concerned with Jesus and his ministry. So mom really in Mark is kind of overlooked and ignored. Um, she doesn't show up until the third chapter. And when she shows up in the third chapter, she shows up where Jesus is preaching uh, and she and her other sons and daughters show up while he's preaching. Uh, someone then shouts to him while he's preaching and teaching, uh, your mom is here and your brothers. And then Jesus looking at the crowd, looks at the disciples and said, my mother and my brother are here. The ones who are doing the will of my father. Ooh. Get, I, I, you, I, hmm, that might have hurt just a little bit. I mean, here you are as mom showing up to support your son in ministry, this son who was promised to you and gifted to you to do the work of God. You show up and he doesn't even say, well, can we give a shout out to my mom? No. This is how Mark tells the story. That the first time we see Jesus' mother, Mary, on the scene, she's coming and Jesus doesn't even really acknowledge her. She wasn't invited to the party, but don't you know she still showed up? And sometimes we just got to show up whether we're invited or not. We got to show up whether there's a seat for us or not. We got to show up whether we think our voices are going to be heard or not. We got to show up whether they acknowledge our presence or act like we're not there. We have got to show up and be in the room. And that's what she did in Mark. She showed up even though she wasn't really accepted, even though she wasn't really affirmed, but she showed up anyhow. Matthew is a little bit different, but, but still kind of similar. Uh, Matthew opens up with Mary, and she's still in the backdrop. Uh, he, he goes through, he starts this gospel, the, the writers of, of, of Matthew starts this gospel with the genealogy of Jesus um, and how it got to be that Jesus was the son of Joseph, the son of Abraham, takes it all the way back. But the reality is um, Jesus's lineage going back to Abraham was not really the issue because Jesus wasn't Joseph's son in the first place. But they didn't they didn't acknowledge Mary in this lineage. They took that lineage through Joseph, even though Joseph was not Jesus's biological father. Mary, again, is in the backdrop. Uh, she really doesn't even have any agency uh, as Matthew tells the, the narrative of, of Jesus' birth. Uh, because in the Gospel of Matthew, the angel Gabriel shows up and speaks to Joseph in a dream. He shows up and talks to Joseph and tells Joseph uh, that Mary is with child and this child is from the Holy Spirit. But there's no conversation with Mary at all. And so the way the story is told in Matthew, it's really about Joseph having the agency. And that's why it's important for us to be able to tell our own stories. We can't trust other people to tell our stories. They're not going to tell it the way that we can tell it. We have got to recognize that we have a testimony that God has given us. A testimony It's our responsibility to share with the world the good things that God has done for us. Don't rely on somebody else to tell your story. Our, our children are dying now because we're not telling our stories. We're not telling them how we had to go through, how we had to push through, how we had to fight through. And now they're expecting everything to come like this and not understand understanding that that's not how the world works we got to stop pretending that we showed up looking this good we got to stop pretending that we showed up knowing as much as we do we got to stop pretending that we ain't never been through nothing our children are dying because we're not telling our stories
we got to let them know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When we look at the suicide rates, the highest rates among African-American boys between the age of 7 and 13. My brothers, we got to start telling our stories to these young boys. And girls are not far behind them looking on Instagram at the perfect picture, not knowing it took you 20 takes because all they see is the one where you look at... Our children are feeling insecure. They're feeling lost. They're feeling forgotten. They're feeling like they're not good enough, like they don't have enough, like they're not pretty enough. They're feeling like they're too big or they're too little or the hair ain't right or the skin color's not right. We've got to tell them our stories so they can live. Well, uh, Mary's in the backdrop again in Matthew. She's in the backdrop in Mark. Finally, when we get to Luke, we see her showing up as a headliner. Uh, because in Luke, as he goes through the genealogy story and starts talking about uh, Mary, he, he says the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, not Joseph. Like in Matthew, in Luke's gospel, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And when he appears to Mary, I love it because he says, uh, greetings, oh favored one. The Lord is with you. And I had to stop right there because sometimes we think we got to do something in order to be favored. But you showed up already favored, sister. You showed up already favored, brother. There's nothing that you need to do in order to experience the favor of God because you were fearlessly and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of God. You're already favored. She was already favored before she did anything. She was already favored before she became impregnated. She was already favored as a daughter of God. And not only was she favored, but Gabriel said, the Lord is with you. And we got to remember that. That no matter what we're going through, the Lord is with us. No matter how bad it looks, the Lord is with us. No matter what somebody else says, the Lord is with us. No matter what is happening in our lives, the Lord is with us. Even when we feel most alone, the Lord is with us. Even when we're crying by ourselves, the Lord is with The Lord is with you. My brother, the Lord is with you. My sister, you are not forgotten. You are favored and the Lord is with you. Just like Mary, uh, she was favored. She was a poor girl. Uh, living in the ghettos of Galilee. Uh, she, she's barely a teenager, but she was favored and the Lord was with her. That means it doesn't matter where you live. The Lord is with you. No matter what your zip code is, the Lord is with you. You don't have to have a whole lot of dollars in your bank account for the Lord to be with you. If you got a penny or not even, the Lord is still with you. You don't have to have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed for the Lord to be with you. You don't even have to be living a perfect life for the Lord to show up. The Lord showed up while you were in the middle of your mess, in your worst situation, and loved you back to wholeness. The Lord is with you. And I like that Luke uh, reminds her, really reminds us by saying to her, you are, you are already favored and the Lord is already with you. And now on top of that, uh, the Lord is getting ready to bless you with something really special. I like that Luke gives her agency uh, because we see that she's more than just the mother of Jesus. She is a woman who is already favored and the Lord is already with her before she does anything. And then John, man, 
Now, if Luke thought he was doing it, boy, John, this gospel not only gives Mary agency, but makes her the reason that Jesus even performed this first miracle. It's amazing. The, the gospel of John is the only gospel that records this miracle story. It's not told in Mark, because Mark, oh, he ain't interested in that. It's not told in Matthew. Matthew doesn't even give her agency over her own body. It's not even mentioned in Luke, who, who does a great job of at least letting us know that she's favored and the Lord is with her. But John takes it a little step further by sharing this first miracle story. You, you heard the story. We read it in the beginning. They're there at the wedding. Jesus is there. Uh, Mary is there. The disciples are there. And this is really interesting uh, because John, the Gospel of John, opens up uh, talking about that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He goes on to talk about John the Baptist and how John the Baptist was baptizing and then saw Jesus and said, I'm baptizing you with water, but there is one that is coming who's going to baptize you with fire. And once he said that, two of John's disciples actually left him and went to follow Jesus. And they started following Jesus, and then Jesus uh, saw other disciples and began to call them. And so by the time we get to the wedding at Canaan, Jesus already has um, Andrew, already has uh, Peter, um, already has Nathaniel, already has Philip. So he's already started this ministry, already started this work by having these people come and start following him. These They started being disciples of Jesus, some leaving John to be with Jesus, and he hadn't even performed a miracle. But they believed, and because of what they heard, they believed because of what John said. And when they asked Jesus, are you really the one? He didn't have to prove himself. He said, come see. Come and see. Come and observe for yourself. Uh, Nathaniel was so impressed because Jesus said, oh, I knew you were coming. I saw you sitting under the fig tree um, before Philip went and got you. And he said, how did you know that? You really are uh, the son of God. And Jesus said, you believe because of that? Because I told you I saw you sitting under a tree? Man, greater things than these shall you see following me. And then we get right to this story of Canaan. And so Jesus then begins to fulfill what he had already said to the disciples. They just hadn't seen it yet. And so many scholars believe that this wedding was perhaps a relative of Jesus. It's in the same region. It's in Canaan of Galilee. Remember, he was born and raised in Nazareth of Galilee. Um, and so they believe that it might have been perhaps a cousin or someone that he knew the fact that his mother was there and he was there and these disciples were there. It was kind of like a family affair, even so. And so they're there. They're enjoying themselves. And then his mother, Miss Mary, says, Jesus, Jesus. They almost out of wine. You know, back then you did not want to run out of wine because if you ran out of wine, instead of people talking about how beautiful the wedding was, they would say, well, you know, they ran out of wine. Before they say, oh, the vows were so wonderful and, and the bride looked so beautiful, you know, they ran out of wine. So that was like the last thing you wanted to have happen. There had to be enough wine for people to have their fill and then a little bit more. And so as the wine started getting low, scholars believe that Mary was concerned because this was her relative and she didn't really want her relative to be embarrassed, but also because she knew her son was ready. It's amazing that his first miracle isn't healing somebody. His first miracle isn't really even public like that. Because if you see in the text, the only people who really know what had happened were Jesus, Mary, the disciples, and the servants who actually went and filled the water jar. 
So this wasn't like when Jesus fed 5,000 with a few fish and a few pieces of bread and a whole community was there to see it. This wasn't, this wasn't like uh, when he healed the man who was been thrown lower through the roof and the house was filled and so on. This was a public, private kind of thing. And so it was, it was almost an opportunity for him to, to, to practice what, 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 they, what Mary already knew he could do. Now, I don't know what that meant. I don't know if maybe she gave him some water. He turned it into Kool-Aid one day when he was a kid. I don't, we don't know. We don't know. But Mary believes that Jesus is ready because of whatever she's seen, whatever she's heard, whatever she's observed. And so she wants to push him. Go ahead and get started with this work that God has called you to do. You don't need to do anything else. You are ready. Now, Jesus is saying, leave me alone, mama. I'm trying to enjoy this wedding. That ain't got nothing to do with me or you. Don't push me. And she stops talking to him and starts talking to the servants. Because she knew he was ready. Lord have mercy. I just want to say to some parents in the house today that some of y'all need to give your child a little push. Because even though they, oh, I saw some folks just cross their arms when I said that. Even though they may not know they're ready, you know they're ready. And I want to say this, God, I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit because sometimes we don't want to let our children go. Because it feels better when they're close. It feels better when we can continue telling them what to do as adults, even though they're not children anymore. It feels better when we know where they are, what they're doing and who they're with. So we keep them for too long. Oh, hallelujah. And then they, they're 40. Amen. Living in the basement. And you trying to, Lord have mercy, trying to figure out, well, I don't even know. And he's still, because you didn't push it. While you're still paying bills, while they're going out and having a good time and they haven't learned to manage their money yet because you didn't. I'm trying to help somebody. Sometimes we just need a little push. Sometimes they just need a little push and they'll be better for it. I can't imagine her pushing him if he wasn't ready, because imagine if the water didn't turn to wine, that would have been embarrassing for him. It would have been embarrassing for her. The disciples might have left. Who knows what might have happened? But because she pushed, she believed that he had done what he needed to do. He had already called the disciples. Uh, he had already was right there. And so she said to him, it is time. He did not believe it was his time, but clearly she knew. She ignored and spoke to the servants. The servants went, they filled the water jars. Uh, and then he said, he, he didn't do an abracadabra. Come on, somebody. He didn't go and touch the jars and pray over them. Hallelujah, thank you, God. He said, take some out and go take it to the steward so that, that they can taste it. That's all, that's it. That was enough. But I like that this miracle, just like all of the miracles, requires human participation. That sometimes we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us. That every miracle done, think about them. Whether it was the parting of the Red Sea, Moses still had to stretch forth his rod. Whether it was the feeding of the 5,000, somebody had to give up their lunch. 
Whether it was the man with the withered hand, he still had to stretch it forth. Whether it was the woman with issue of blood, she still had to touch the hem of his garment. Whether it was the woman bent over double, she still had to go and walk down to the front of the aisle. You are waiting on God and God is waiting on you. You asking God, what are you going to do? And God is saying, what are you going to do? I've given you power. I've given you agency. You know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. What are you waiting on? And somebody says, I need a push. Well, I'm pushing you today. Pushing you to be who God has called you to be. Pushing you to stand up and be that woman, be that man, be that person that God is calling you to be. Pushing you to believe in a best case scenario. Pushing you to give yourself another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance until you get it the way that you want it to look. Pushing you to stand tall in God as God stands tall in you. Because of Mary, because of Mary and her push, Jesus' public ministry began on that day. And some of us are overdue for the work that God is calling us to. And so receive this gentle push today to believe yourself for a best case scenario. Receive this gentle push today to know that you are ready and you don't need to wait on anybody to give you permission. Receive this push today and know that you don't have to go back and ask somebody, well, Pastor Lakeisha said I'm ready, but do you think I'm ready? No, don't wait on anybody's permission. Don't wait on anybody to co-sign it. Trust that God placed you here in this moment on this day to know that you are ready you're ready you're ready and, and i, I want to just put this in there because there's a difference between a push and a shove there's a difference between someone who's trying to encourage you and someone who's trying to manipulate you because sometimes people want to shove you so that it benefits them. I'm trying to help somebody. Some people um, want, they, they pretend like they're encouraging you, but really they're manipulating you to try to get you to do what it is they want you to do. That's not the same as a push. A push helps you to be the best that you can be. It helps you to show up for God in a different way. A push will help you be generous when you feel like being stingy. A push will help you be selfless when you feel like being selfish. A push will help you show up and show people that God is real by your testimony. Just because you show up, somebody knows that God is real. Just because you turn it around, God knows somebody's real. Just because you still talking, still believing, still faith and still trusting, somebody else might know that God is real. So I just wanted to tell y'all today that sometimes we need a Mary in our life. Sometimes we need a Mary in our life, somebody that knows what it is to be ignored but to still show up. Sometimes we need a Mary in our lives, someone who knows what it is to want to be a part but be pushed out. Sometimes we need a Mary in our lives, somebody who can see the best in us even when we can't see the best in ourselves. We need a Mary in our lives, somebody who can pick us up when we fall down and tell us it's going to be all right. We need a Mary in our lives. And if you don't need a Mary in your life, maybe you can be a Mary in somebody else's life. Maybe there's somebody that you can speak life to, somebody that you can speak hope to, somebody that you can speak faith to, somebody that you can speak encouragement to. You can 
Be a Mary for the people in your life. Somebody that can say, I know it doesn't look like it's going to be all right, but it is. Because when it comes to getting over a bad day, a bad situation, an impossible situation, you have a 100% success rate because you're still here. So I just want to encourage you to use all that stuff that you've been through to help somebody else reach their potential. To share that story about how you fell so that they know that they're not the only one that's fallen. To share that story about how it didn't work out for you so that they know that if it doesn't work out for them, they can keep on living. You need a push or either to give a push. And so today, as we leave this place, let us be encouraged to move forward. We don't have to stay stuck. God is standing tall in us so that we can do what God is calling us to do. What is God calling you to do on today? What is it that COVID stopped? What were you working on before you got scared? What were you working on before you felt all alone? What is it that the world is waiting on you to do? What is it that you're feeling right now? And I want us all just to stand up all over the building because I wanna, I wanna pray, for, pray for us today. Pray for us who feel like you might be stuck right now. Just wave your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you know that God is calling you to do something, but you, you want, you need a little more courage, just, just wave your hand. Hallelujah. If you feel like you're the only one that's not moving forward, it feels like everybody else is in their season of reaping, but you're in a season of waiting and, it, and you feel like you're getting a little impatient, just, just wave your hand. Come on, if you got somebody in your ear saying that you can't do it, when God has already said that there is nothing impossible for God, just wave your hand. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, we bless your name. Oh God, we bless your name. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We believe you, God, more than what we see. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. We close our eyes even right now and we walk in faith, believing that it's possible. Because if you did it for others, you can do it for us, oh God. Hallelujah. God, we seal our ears to the negativity and the no's and the disbelief. We seal our ears to the doubt, oh God. We open our hearts to faith. We open our hearts to possibility. We open our hearts to love. God, and we thank you that we don't have to listen to the naysayers. They can talk, 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 talk. Words, 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 words. But they're not making a difference in your life because you know, uh, we know who we are. We know who we are. We know that we're the head, oh God, and not the tail. We know that we're above, oh God, and not beneath. We know that we're the lender, oh God, and not the borrower. We know that all things are possible, oh God. And so we step into that possibility right now, oh God, even with this gentle push you're giving us, 
to believe you for a best case scenario, even with this gentle push that you're giving us to let us know that we will have enough and even more than enough, even with this gentle push that you are giving us to remind us that all things are possible. All things are possible. And so on today, God, we faith. We faith with one step in front of the next. Hallelujah. We faith, God, as we speak truth, as we speak power. We faith, oh God. We trust you, oh God. We believe you, oh God, that we can be a Mary for somebody, oh God. That somebody can be a Mary for us, oh God. Thank you for every time we were ignored, but we still showed up. Thank you for every time we were rejected, but we still found a way to love ourselves. Thank you that the best is yet to come. Thank you that the wine that Jesus made was the best wine. God, thank you that our latter days are gonna be better than our former days. Thank you for victory, oh God. Thank you for victory, oh God. Thank you that we have weapons of praise and weapons of dancing and weapons of shouting and weapons of singing. And so we declare, it is so. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. And thank you, God, for using us to be a part of your work. Thank you, God, that we can make a difference where we are doing what you've called us to do and that it doesn't have to look like anything that anybody else is doing because, God, you've called us into authentic relationship. That means we show up as we are and you use us as we are, but you don't leave us the same as when we came. In your name, in your power, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We believe it, God, hallelujah. We trust you for it, God, hallelujah. We will speak truth, hallelujah. We will not fear, hallelujah. We will not doubt, hallelujah. We will believe, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, there is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place and we know it to be your spirit in your presence, God. And so we lift our hearts to you. We lift our tongues to you, for we know the power of life and death starts right there. We lift our minds to you. We lift our hands, oh God, and our feet. Use us for your glory. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.